Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Well, good morning. And if I may again say happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are in the house and all the moms that are watching online and all the moms that are all over. As Rob said, we all have a mom to be grateful for. Now, some of us were maybe more fortunate than others. And I was very blessed with a good mom. And on a day like today, I don't want to neglect those that have struggled and maybe were not able to partake in motherhood. For you, I still say, I hope you're having a great day. And I still believe God's got a plan for every life. And there's a purpose and there's a design and whatever it is. And I'm a little bit messed up today because I did a funeral yesterday. I'm a four-month-old. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I stand in this pulpit today in awe of you with great honor and respect of the place that I am able to stand. And I thank you today for this day. Lord, this is the day that you have made. And we're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. And Lord, we're going to make sure that this day, nothing takes place of honoring you first and foremost. And I thank you for days that we can bring honor to different positions to different people, to different things, Lord God, when it's that time that we, we bring great honor to it. But Lord, no day. Lord, help us in our hearts and our mind that no day is greater than the day that you have made and the day that we will rejoice in. And that is today. Thank you for it. Bless this next few minutes, this next amount of time that we spend together here in your house honoring you, worshiping you, looking into your word. Lord, I ask that your word would come in today and wash us from all the stuff that's happened in the week past and prepare us for all the stuff that's coming ahead. But Lord, let us not get too far in advance of this day that we praise you and we bless you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, I have told Rob Susan that he's no longer able to preach the week before that I get to preach because he is the master of visuals, and I am not. How many are still thinking about that message from last week? I hope that's still working in you, the different types of soils. And I'll tell you what, I'm just going to say it now as he walked from this side of the stage over to this side and took that shovel out and he began to break up that really hard ground. And he made the comment, he said, below it is good soil. Below it is the good soil and it can be broken up. You know, some of us just want to always categorize. We always have to be in, though we got to just let the Lord do where we're at and we have to move to that place where we are good and fertile ground. Amen. So I appreciate what he said last week and it has really worked in my heart over the last week. I also want to give kudos to our school. Last night, our, 
Our middle school age people did a play last night called Annie. I love the play of Annie. I always have. And uh, they did a spectacular job. We've got some very talented young people that attend this church that were in that play that just blew me away. And I am just so grateful. I hate to start throwing out names because I'll forget one and I'm not going to do that. But we had a cast of kids from Bethesda Christian Church that just shined yesterday. And I thought it was just absolutely spectacular. So thank the Lord for what they were able to do. Amen. And I am grateful for them. I'm grateful for their energy. I'm starting to realize my energy isn't what I'd like it to be. Not starting to realize. Oh man, I've known it for some time. It's finally admitting it, I think. But I'm not going there. I'm going to do my best. Just like all of you, let's do our best. I got to keep up with Brother Murray. If you put a baseball in his hand, he'd probably still throw some heat at you. Anyhow, let's say it, folks, if you will, as our pastor has taught us, to pray, Lord, enable your servants to speak your word boldly. Are you learning it? Are you using it? Is it happening? I hope it is in your life that you're becoming more and more bold to speak his word. Because it's life. It brings life. And if you will, if you will speak it, and if you will believe it, I just keep going back to his word will never return void. His word always has a plan. There's always a purpose. There's a design behind it. And our God is great. Continue to speak his word and let him embolden you. It's not a gift like all the other gifts where he puts it. Boldness, we've got to continue to ask for. Some are just better at it than others. I am not very bold when it comes to that. But Lord, I keep praying, continue to let that boldness dwell inside of me. Keep me to be that person that is enabled to speak your word. Because I have to be able to do that. This morning, we're coming to a scripture. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to be looking in the book of Matthew in chapter 23 and verse 27 is the scripture that we're going to lead. But leading up to that, I just want to take a minute and I'm going to just lay the briefest of groundwork before you as you see our title, The Last Call. This was the last time that Jesus was going to enter Jerusalem in the way that he did the way that he was going to be able to enter. It was never going to be like this again. And he had just really, really spoke some harsh words. If you read uh, Matthew 22 and leading into 23, he is very hard on the leaders in the church. He's very hard on the church leaders that were, the, you get the message, there's seven woes that he speaks to them. And he's building all this up and he's talking and he's just crying out to these people to say, no, you got to serve me, not serve just the religion, just serve them, the position, all those type of things. I want you to know me and begin to serve me, the, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And then Jesus now, as he's made this return to Jerusalem for this last time, it's not long before he's now going to be arrested and he's going to be crucified. And he has this sorrow for them. It was an overwhelming sorrow that he took and he took this moment to express it. 
And what we read here in Matthew 23, verse 37, and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather you, your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And then it just goes on to say this, and you were not willing. Little bit of an indictment there. But just in this verse, and we're going to look at some other scripture today, but just in this, this verse, I believe we can describe four qualities of love that Jesus has for us. These are his words that we just read. These are his words. We're going to look at, I think, four qualities that I can draw out of this that I think is a good thing to talk about even on a Mother's Day. The first one in that Jesus offers, the first thing that Jesus offers today is a sheltering love. Anyone who's ever been on a farm that has chickens hanging around or living around there has seen how a hen protects her chicks. They're in the yard, they're all pecking around. That's what they do, right? They're always looking for something to eat. They're just picking, pecking around and they're in the ground. They're trying to catch whatever they can, a worm, a cricket, whatever it is. They don't seem to have a care in the world and these chicks and even the mom every once in a while is going down and picking and they're just pecking away at the ground and getting whatever they can. And then the mother hen might cluck occasionally. And then the little chickens or the little, little birds, the little chicks, you just hear them chirp, 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 you know, as they're, as they're pecking at the ground. And, and then all of a sudden, the dog might come near. And then there's a sound from the mother. And all the chicks hear that sound from their mother. Or maybe it's a shadow of a hawk flying. Because mom's usually got her head up looking. She might go down, but she's up. She's looking. She's constantly surveying. If I can say this, the rooster He's pretty useless in all this. <laughs> now, don't go too far with that. But he's just looking to be the king of his castle, the king of his courtyard or his chicken coop. That's all he's worrying about. But mom's got her eyes on everything that's going on. And she's making noises. She's letting the little ones know where they're at, where she's at, and and then all of a sudden, if this comes, you'll hear a certain sound and all the chicks will begin to move back towards mom. She fluffs up and she uh, could have as many as a dozen little chicks that could come and crawl under her wings for their, that protection. At late night when it's cold and it's windy, they might make it over to the nest and they'll rest under the mother's wings for warmth. She is a shelter from the cold. She is a shelter from the danger. See, I can remember being a young boy. There were very few places in this world that I felt more secure than with my mom and with my dad. But in the middle of the night, when that nightmare may happen, or I would become maybe sick, or if I was hurt while I was out playing, which seemed to happen a lot to me, man. This boy's nose bled more than anybody's in the neighborhood. 
My older brother would tell you I was a nuisance because my nose bled so much. But who did I call for? I called for mom. I didn't call for dad. At least my dad. He'd tell me, suck it up. <laughs> or as my friend Todd Carley would say, suck it up, buttercup. I didn't want to hear that. I wanted some compassion. I wanted something that was for me, and I wanted a hug from my mom, and, and I wanted my feelings reassured. That's why we don't serve the Lord out of feelings, folks, because our feelings could get destroyed just like that. You know, the Lord's not really too concerned about our feelings. He is concerned about our holiness. Notice that here as Jesus is entering the city, he's weeping over the city. It's, it's kind of the, the sheltering love that he speaks of. It's his passionate love. He saw the suffering of his people. He saw the pain. He saw their despair. He saw their hopelessness and their loneliness. It's a world of danger. There is, there is danger in this world. There's also sin and death in this world. But Jesus so much wanted to share his love with each and every one of them and save them. And it says that he wept for them. Things aren't so different today. It's still a harsh world that we live in. We go through our lives when, when things get really bad and, and we want mom to turn to. Maybe you're here today suffering and, and needing some of that sheltered kind of love. Maybe your mom is no longer with you or, or maybe you, uh, like me, just kind of miss her greatly. Or maybe your mom was just never around to begin with and you just can't really seem to care. The thing that I want you to know today is that Jesus is here. Jesus is the one who cares for you more than even your own mom could, if you can imagine that. He wants you to be able to crawl up, if you will, into his lap and let him hold you and shelter you when you're scared, when you're hurting. There's a second kind of love that Jesus offers. It's called a suffering love. There was a pastor by the name of Jerry Owens who I stole this story from, although he said it was okay. Many spring seasons, he said, we had ducks that made nests and they lay eggs in our yard. They'll make them in bushes, tall grass, or just corners of the fence. And when our kids were little, we had, ducks, or we had a duck that made a nest in a tuft of tall grass and laid her, laid her eggs. The kids would get excited each day as we'd walk out to check on her and feed her some bread. The day we discovered her ducklings were hatching, we noticed that fire ants were crawling all over her. She was covered with them and she was just shivering in the pain, but would not leave her ducklings. She chose to suffer the intense pain rather than leave the little ones. And they ended up moving the whole nest, the whole brood of ducklings, and, and they cleaned off all the ants. And he said most of them lived, but not all of them. But she would have stayed there until she was eaten alive, then rather abandon her chicks, her ducklings. That's the kind of love 
that Christ has for us. This suffering type of love. Listen to this out of Isaiah 53, verses 2 through 5. Now, it's a different translation. It's probably not the one you have in your lap. It's called God's Word Translation. And it says this, He grew up in his presence like a young tree, like a root out of a dry ground. He had no form or majesty that would make us look at him. He had nothing in appearance that would make us desire him. This is Isaiah writing about this Jesus Christ that we're talking about today. This was prophesied hundreds of years before, seven, eight hundred years before Jesus came. Let's read that again. He grew up in his presence like a young tree, like a dry root out of the ground. He had no form or majesty that would make us look at him. He had nothing in appearance that would make us desire him. He was despised and rejected by people. He was a man of sorrows familiar with suffering. He was despised like one from whom people turn their faces. And we didn't consider him worth anything. He certainly had taken upon himself our suffering and carried out sorrow, carried our sorrows. But we thought that God had wounded him, beat him, and punished him. He was wounded for our rebellious acts. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we could, that we could have peace and we received healing from his wounds. Oh boy, what a prophet he was, wasn't he? Isaiah, he prophesied this description of Jesus who choose, he chose to suffer for you and me. What a gift that is. Third type of love that he offers that I think we can find in that Matthew 23 scripture is a self-sacrificing love. Since I'm on the bird theme, could I do another bird story? Another type of bird that I find amazing, it's our, our country's symbol, our country's emblem, the bald eagle. The female bald eagle builds her nest very high and away from predators and takes great care of her young. Each night she covers the little birds to keep them warm and away from the cold wind. And each day, though, she has to go out and she has to search for food. And since eagles are predators, that means that she must find fresh meat for them each day. She goes out looking for nourishment for them, uh, to go find nourishment for them that she might bring back whatever she can find, a fish, uh, a rabbit, or whatever type of meat that happens in nature. And this isn't usually all that hard of a task for the type of excellent hunters that they are. But see, we have this same type of Jesus that is a self-sacrificing. You just heard some of that in this previous scripture. Listen to it out of 1 Peter 3 and 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you God. He was put to death in his body, but made alive in the spirit. Isn't that wonderful? I mean... I hope these things don't do anything but encourage you today. Get you a little bit excited. Get you a little bit charged up about this type of Jesus. Not this type. The Jesus that we serve. And I want to go into a fourth one. It's called a sorrowful. I don't say it so well. S-O-R-R-O-W. Full love. Sorrowful love. 
One last bird, if you will. <laughs> You've seen those killdeer birds that run all over the place? Well, they do their best to draw you away by running, right? They run all over and try to draw you away from their nest. A lot of times pretending they're injured. Well, once while I was cutting grass, I couldn't see the nest until I was on top of it. You know, it wasn't any joy in it at all. It was just did damage to the nest, did damage to the eggs. But this mother bird kept running back and forth all day, crying out, crying out, trying to find her nest and her eggs. Hmm. Kind of sad in a way, but I had a yard to get done. So I kept going and I just couldn't do anything about it. But many, many is the mother who has struggled and sacrificed and suffered in raising children. She has loved her little ones deeply and had so many hopes and dreams for their child. You know, and moms can only do their very best, right? If you think about it, I've said this a lot to some of my students when I had the chance to do youth ministry. There has never been a you before. And your mother has never had to mother a you before. Would you want to mother you if you were a mother? Think about it. She's done her very best. And then a child can maybe go down a wrong path and breaks a mom's heart. For some, it may be a child that turns to substance, may turn to sexual things. And they get caught up. And unfortunately, in a day like today, they get taken into a place of slavery like we haven't seen before. And I thank the Lord for some people that work in that field and try to help, like Mel and Twyla Baggett and their whole team that try to rescue. Yeah, they do good. Those are hard things. But I want to talk to you that are here today, especially those of you that maybe have somebody that does discipline you in your life. Maybe you see your parents as just always saying no, or your mother always saying no. Or maybe you complain about that leader, that, that individual in your life, that leader, that mom, that dad, that mom and dad, whatever it may be, and, and you, you say, all they do is nag me day and night. My parents just don't understand what I'm going through today. They're, they're so, this is maybe going to date me. They're so lame. I don't want anything to do with them. Just stay away. Let me do my thing. They don't really even understand the reason what they're saying, folks, right? I think adults, we understand. They don't fully understand what's being said. And we've all said it. Oh, wait till you have kids. Wait till you have kids. Wait till you're a parent. And I know many mom and dads that have spent many days in anguish 
and spent nights weeping over the mistakes that maybe they've made and the mistakes that their children have made. I kind of see Jesus in this verse. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Oh, I want to gather you like children, like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Yet you were unwilling. 2,000 years ago, he showed us this love. And it's recorded in the word. And, and many at that time were un, unwilling to receive him then. And they rejected his love. That they rejected all the suffering that he went through. And all the decision that he made to do that for them, they've rejected it. And he still cries out today. He still cries out because he still loves us as a people so much that he wants us to have a loving relationship he wants to have that relationship with you, and he wants to have that relationship with me. He wants to share in your needs. He wants to share shelter with you. He wants to share healing with you. He wants to share in forgiveness with you. He wants to help you through your time of sorrow, through your time of suffering. And most of all, he wants you to have that eternal life that he so offers each and every one and give you hope like you've never had before. His greatest desire today is to share his love with you. Today, the question is, will you receive his love? Will you receive that kind of love? Will you listen to the certain clucks maybe that are going on, the different sounds where he's trying to gather us together? See, some have observed that not all the chicks run to their mother at that time of danger. Some get so paralyzed by the fear that they can't move or others try to protect themselves. And the reality is they typically get devoured. See, the mother hen cannot run around gathering all of them individually. They have to listen and they have to come to her. Watch this little video clip just to give you a little bit of an idea of what we're talking about. Thankfully, it's a friendly dog. <laughs> There's plenty of room, folks. Yeah, I heard somebody say, wow. There's plenty of room. I don't know. For me, I just, I needed the visual a little bit, maybe. Maybe Rob pushed me into it. I don't know. But we have to come to him. He sent Jesus, his one and only son. Now we have to accept that. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we come before you right now. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for this place. We thank you for this time to be in this house, Lord God, where we've taken time now to worship you. 
where we've taken time to sing our songs of praise and adoration. We've praised you, Lord God, with our mouths, and Lord, we've now looked into different words, and we're going to, Lord, look deeper into your word here in just a moment. But Father, I'm asking that you work on each heart that's in this house today, Lord God, that they will continue to be drawn to you. Lord, knowing that there is a time that you've weeped over us, Lord God, you've called out over us, and you've made that call through Jesus Christ for us to come to you. And I just ask right now, Lord, if they're in this audience here, Lord, if they're online, maybe sitting in their, their own room or hospital bed or whatever it may be where they're watching this, that, Father, you will continue to draw them and their hearts as it's being drawn to you, that they will turn and look to you as their Savior. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for each and every one. I ask that you bless each and every one this day. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, amen.